I'm Alex J. Aguiar, and you're listening to Pod With Me. Ready. On this episode, when you got your license, how hard was it to pass that test? How many times did it take Kim Kardashian to pass that? It was like 100 times. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) How I said there's 4.6 million people today versus 2.8 million people in Miami-Dade County 10 years ago. You can see that increase in number of people demanding real estate, both rental and purchase. First of all, are the banks going to keep our money? Are the banks going to keep your money? (laughs) I have been called by clients that are like, oh my God, I'm going in their door. They said it was okay. So I'm having the buyers wait outside while I'm hiding sex toys. Let's go again. Quiet, please. Ready. We're going to talk about real estate, right, Brian? Absolutely, Alex. The prices are so crazy. Like, for example, to rent something, a little room, and, and not even the best part of, of town is something like $2,000 for a little studio. Uh, I, I don't know if it's worse than New York or it's gotten the same, but uh, let me tell you, things are on fire and people are worried. I think part of that question is I mean, acknowledging the fact that it's true. Prices have gone up quite a bit for rents, uh, even for properties to buy. A lot of people don't understand that our demographics have increased so much. I mean, if you just go back 10 years, the county was just 2.8 million people. Today, we're 4.6 million people, and it's still people moving in. So imagine, you know, you can't build that fast, and because you can't keep up building-wise, there's just more people competing for places to live, you know? So, of course, prices are up, which kind of leads into the next question most people ask are like, oh, uh, our price is going to go down, right? Because they hear all this other financial news on TV. First of all, are the banks going to keep our money? Are the banks going to keep your money? <laughs> I mean, there's banks associated with Silicon Valley that were geared towards rich tech investors that those banks had issues. And though those banks kind of scared the market and rates kind of went up a little bit because of it, it's... No, banks aren't going to keep your money. The FDIC and other stuff, uh, the government's looking out for you there. If you have millions of dollars in one bank, it's not advisable, you know? But, like, most people with 200000 here and 200000 there, like, you know, they're going to be just fine. So that's that's not a big deal. You know, rates have gone up, and that's affected people's mortgage payments, and I think that's slowed down. You know, people stepped back and said, wow, you know what? A year ago, it, it was a third to half less principal and interest-wise to own a property. So I think that's caused people to step back. But just in my community, townhouse sold three months ago for like 450 I just sold one for 500 And another one just wanted her contract for 600 It's, you know, from $2.8 million to $4.6 million. It's all these people moving in. That's what's moving prices despite rates, despite any sort of banking here. You know, Miami's winning. Wow. Yeah, Miami, I see a lot of new people in Miami. I've, I've heard, uh, you know, everybody's moved in from everywhere. Uh, what do you, what's the highest grossing area, like the most expensive area right now in Miami? Uh, well, okay, so if you take the luxury segments out of it, you know, for like most of your listeners, I think, uh, Brickle, Coconut Grove, Edgewater, you know, those are those are the areas that are hot and those are the ones commanding prices, you know, and then everything else falls in with what I think everybody historically knows. 
if you want to talk about luxury, you know, what are you trying of, to say, Brian? Just, what are you trying to say that my audience is not luxurious? <laughs> Take the luxury you know, out I'm of my saying, audience. I'm not saying that. I'm saying you have a very deep and wide audience. <laughs> ah, okay, okay. <laughs> so, but you know what? Like when people ask me, "Hey, Brian, how's real estate?" Right? Like it prompts a question instead of an answer because it's like, "Well, where are you looking to buy, or where do you own your property to sell?" You know, if you're a seller in a pre-construction condo that you're buying in Porsche design, that's different than someone who's buying in, uh, you know, some other waterfront condo in Edgewater, right? It's just two, it's two different markets. So when someone asks, you know, how's real estate, you know, what is it that you're looking to do? Buy or sell? Where's your property located? Is it a condo or house? You know, where in Miami exactly, right? So there's just different things going on in different places. It's so Real estate is so local in Miami, even though people think Miami, right? They're like quotation marks. It's Miami's all these little segments. So the hot area where price is like definitely high is Brickle. Okay. All right. But for example, uh, an area that most people won't think it's so hot and high is Hialeah. So I have, you know, my my, my mom lives in Hialeah and the neighbor's house sold for 600000 Yes, because you can't find a good house in all. So house-wise, Miami-Dade County trades together. Like if you're like, hey, Brian, I want a house for three fifty, dollars you're going to be putting a couple hundred thousand into that thing to make it what you want it to be. You know, it's hard to find a decent house. So even Hialeah, and Hialeah is a great community. Like people don't know. Like the world could fall apart and Hialeah would be just fine, no? Hialeah, it's another planet. Yeah, And, and it's a really good medical health district, business district. And there's this buffer of warehouses that that are on the east side of Hialeah coming in from the county northwest of the airport. And Hialeah is saying, hey, uh, we want to be like Winwood too. We want our Winwood spot. And they've designated a huge strip of warehouse space to become that way where it has these beneficial parking reduction development bonus rights, et cetera. And there are a lot of development projects in that, on, in those warehouse districts, especially near the transit stops that I'll tell you like highly is going to be a city of the future, 10, 15 years from now, all that development, when it comes to fruition, it's going to be its own little, like imagine copy paste Edgewater into that Hialeah district. All right, so so we covered Hialeah. I never thought I was going to cover Hialeah right. today. All the hot spots, Hialeah. Hialeah, I bring up Hialeah, <laughs> but no, because it blew my mind that that house went for six hundred thousand dollars in High and in West Hialeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Um, yeah, it was pretty crazy. Uh, all right, so so what do you have to say to those people? Then they're hoping for the prices to come down before they buy. I'm going to tell you if you can afford the mortgage and it's a property you like, be a buyer, be a buyer. Because again, the demographics where we went from 2.8 million to 4.6, that's not reversing. And we're not building fast enough to keep up with that. So that will continue to push prices up despite interest rate increases, you know, despite the cost of your loan, et cetera. It might not go up gangbusters like into the last three years, but the trajectory is still up. You know, and building equity, you know, if I were to put on my financial hat, 
is one of the best ways to build wealth is doing that in your home. So they shouldn't wait and and have hope that things are going to crash and then they're going to be able to buy things cheaper. No, you know what? So Miami is one of the few cities that's not experiencing that downturn. There's plenty of other cities across the United States that are. And those other cities, which you can just Google and find them online, those you might want to wait and bide your time. But Miami's a different trajectory. Miami's like Miami's an international city. We are the hub for Europe, Middle East, South America, Mexico, Brazil, um, you know, and Asia's finding its way here. And then all the feeder cities from New York, Chicago, Texas all come in here as well. You know, so there's all this buy pressure. Okay, so what cities are the ones that they can wait for that crash? Like San Francisco still has an outflow of people, as an example. Um, a lot of Midwest cities. Uh, like if you were to take a, take a random state like Iowa, right? Like I was born and raised there. Des Moines is, is doing good. Like it's going to be fine. But most of the state has more people moving out than in. So then, you know, Iowa City, Cedar Rapids wouldn't be winners. Chicago is still on the downswing, right? Midwest city. Um, I encounter people coming here from Chicago to buy, right? Um, you know, Chicago's retail district is going through a downturn and you hear buildings that are getting foreclosed upon, you know, that pulls their residential market down too. So that, that's, you know, an example. When did you start? doing real estate, when did you know that you were going to love doing this? I got in 2000, in 2002. That's when I started real estate. And it was a time where there was a bust in Miami, like Miami's real boom bust, right? So uh, there was a bust and uh, Royal Caribbean was laying off. And I started consulting for a guy as his financial manager for a dot-com and then doing the financial work for his commercial real estate portfolio that he was selling. And it, I loved it. I have an MBA in finance and I absolutely love that part of it. And uh, so I got my license during that time and the downturn of the dot-com boom, I mean, decimated a bunch of businesses here in Miami, but as a result of the federal reserve, just taking interest rates to the floor at that time, Real estate in Miami took off, you know, low rates caused that. So, you know, I rode that wave and I've been riding that wave and I've been from the bottom in 2002 to the top of 2006 to the bottom of 2009 and then all the way to today. So it's like, you know, I made it through. I'm a lifer. How many times did it take Kim Kardashian to pass that? It was like a hundred times. I don't know. If it <laughs> <laughs> one time one time you one time yeah one time yeah. so now danny who works on my real estate team it took him four it depends on how good you're take, at taking tests depends on your iq then you know what it's about elimination like i think you would be very good at it alex like i think you can concentrate but it's you eliminate the obvious two and then you pick out of the two remaining the one that's most right that's my only advice for everybody to go on and take it. Taking the test has nothing to do with real estate except for keeping you out of jail, right? Or keeping you from getting sued. Um, 
people who have passion for real estate find their way. There's either the technophiles who really want to be like in the technology segment of it because they're not good with people, but the, their reliance on technology make them successful. Then there's people that are just people, people, and they are successful despite the fact that they don't know anything, but they're good with people. And, you know, those are the people with connections. And then there's people that are good at just doing what it takes to get real estate done. And they may not be the best at technology and they may not be the best at people, person stuff, but they have the rest of that. Right. So you have to be a problem solver, you know, and you have to know what your strengths are and what your weaknesses are. When from 2002, let's say to the present, those who are just got their real estate license in our beginning. Would you say it was easier at some point back then? Yes. What was yes. easier? So one has to do with technology and, and which makes it easier today. Uh, and one has to do with a different era that was easier then. like in the, in the boom days of 2002 to 2006, if you had a heartbeat and a real estate license and you weren't making money, oof, then you were really doing something wrong, right? Like it was just Miami on, the whole nation was on fire with real estate, right? Like it didn't take much, but everything was more antiquated then. So from when I started until today, it's a whole different way of technology and it's even changing as we speak, right? So like now it's how do you use Canva and video to make the right sort of hook and presentations on your real estate to merchandise, and get people to contact you off of social media, you know, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, what have you, right? But even today, we're at a new launch point where it's changing again with AI, ChatGPT, and other stuff, and how that's going to transform how we interact with people um, and either save us time or change where we place our time. Um, but from when I started, there was like this clunky database. And then the MLS got perfected. The MLS is fantastic. And then MLS did these deals. What's, what's LMS? Oh, a multiple list service. And that's where anybody who lists with a realtor, your listing goes in there. And originally, it was kind of like this old boys network where if you were a realtor, you got to see that, but your clients really didn't. But then the world changed and then everything started getting fed out to Realtor.com, Zillow, and all the other websites. And then over the past four or five years, the content that we generate on social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, now that's just as important. So it's this other layer on top. And ChatBT is going to, and, and AI is going to change that all again between our scripts and how we source and how it supports just the back end and what we do and how much FaceTime we get. So is it an easier time? Maybe if you could perfect those things and it leaves you your FaceTime that you need. Um, but it certainly wasn't as easy as when the market was just on fire and you just needed a real estate license and a heartbeat in the, the in the boom before 2006. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes totally yeah. sense. I think, I yeah. think, you know, as good as the social media and, and everything else that uh, makes things easier for us at the same time, it's giving a lot more work and other things that you have to worry about uh, as far as the difference. Right. So now you have to work harder and well, let, let me ask you, like, I, I'm really curious as a realtor asking you, Alex, when you're on, like, what do you find yourself scrolling most on Instagram? 
Uh, yeah, mostly Instagram now. Okay, so when you're scrolling and TikTok, and TikTok. Okay, so when you're scrolling, like when you see stuff from realtors, like going through properties or like making comments about the market, like how much does that really, you know, grab you considering you're not in the market for, for stuff? If there's a post that talks about information on how to buy this, how to buy that, since I'm not doing that right now, it won't interest me, but someone else that probably It's just is. scrolling noise, right? Correct. But that's why the yeah. algorithm will target those people that are, that are searching for homes, right? Sometimes I'm talking, it's weird. Sometimes I'm talking with some friends and I'm talking about, let's say BMW, we're talking about a car. The next day I'll see a BMW ad and that freaks me out. So it looks like everybody's listening to everything. Our technology is listening. Yes. Our technology is listening. Now that your phone's picking up our real estate conversation, the repetition of it so much, it's going to be creepy in the next couple of days. Yeah. I I totally see it coming. I totally see it coming. Do you have any crazy stories on people that want to purchase a big house and you know they can't afford it, but they're trying as hard as they can to get that house and they shouldn't? What do you tell them? I try to help people make their dreams come true, right? So... It's involving the right people. And if they don't have all the cash for it, it's a matter of pairing them up with a mortgage lender. And at that point, the mortgage lender is going to do that heavy lifting of whether or not that makes sense, right? They'll present the facts. This is the amount that it's going to cost you every month. And that person or couple is going to make that decision themselves. They're going to see the numbers and they'll make that decision, right? Um, I, I, as much as I would like to say, Hey, I have a crystal ball and I know people are making the right decisions. Sometimes we just can't see what clients see. And sometimes clients have bought stuff. I'm like, man, I God, good luck, you know, but I think just very intentioned and caring questions and people figure it out. You know what I mean? So um, in regards to racy stories, I have, triple X stories I could share. We want to hear them. (laughs) Listen, I've, I have been called by clients that are like, Oh my God, like, like I'm going in their door. They said it was okay. And then they didn't realize I was showing. And so I'm having the buyers wait outside while I'm hiding sex toys and things like that. And just kind of cleaning up like just previous night's activities Air lots of air freshener. And for those who can't see Brian, Brian is a very attractive uh, guy. Uh, has there been any hit-ons while you're showing a house? Of of course. But you know what? It's um it's different. Like in 2002, there wasn't as much as the the uh me too kind of movement going on. So, yeah, I mean, it was different. It was more open. Uh today, um people are a lot less reserved and open about that. Uh, and, and encounters like that. Right. So, you know, um, I don't know that I would ever date another realtor, uh, let, you know, let alone, it's kind of like, you know, if you meet someone out at night and it's that, you know, one night hangout, uh, you still have to see that person in the profession and circle of friends. Like you have to ask yourself, do you want that? Like 20 years ago, it was like different today. It's, you know, I'm a little more mature in the industry. Definitely, if someone wants to get together and hear some great stories, I've got great stories. Well, here we are. We're ready to hear. And there's what I call the tits up Asian category, where there's these drop dead gorgeous women in real estate. I mean, just top of the line, right? And 
a lot of my business is referral driven. And I'll get this call from, you know, and they know that I do commercial real estate, right? And I'll get this call from a woman and she'll be like, oh, uh, you know, the broker told me that you can help me out. I have a client that's looking for a 10 cap, you know, a 10 cap being like this really high return on real estate, which is ridiculous to try to find, right? Like if you find it, I'm buying it. Um, and typically I know what the, this, this agent looks like, you know, I know she's a really good looking agent. And I'm like, oh, well, how long have you met this person that you're referring me? And she's like, oh, I've known them forever. It's a really good client. So then I get the person's information, give them a call. And sure enough, they literally met just last night. The guy's like half confused at why I'm calling him. And I'm like, oh, well, so-and-so said to call you, right? And, uh, And as we get to talking, I'm like, well, how long have you known her, the realtor? He said, oh, I just met her last night over wine at the bar. Right. So like, it's very clear that his agenda with her was not real estate. And, you know, she's at the bar having drinks because that's how she knows how to make connections. Right. She's the tits up agent that gives you referrals. And, and over time, maybe those things work out. But usually the first call is really kind of awkward because it's really dudes just trying to like buy a girl a drink. Right. Oh, wow. <laughs> So that happens a lot in real estate, you know, with men and women, right? So that, yeah. that is hysterical. Uh, do you get friendly with them? Because they refer you to people, right? Of course. Uh, yeah, of course. So it's just, it's it's part of the network. All right. Maybe maybe, yeah. maybe that's your side business, you know? You, you hire. Yeah, you exactly. Know. Prostitution. Prostitution. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so Brian, what makes you different from the other real estate agents? I have a team. So I focus more on commercial and on the residential side, I have Danny who works with me, Danny Hernandez. Um, so I can be a great relationship on the residential side and Danny takes care of the, the you know, transactional part of it. Um, but my ability to connect, my ability to find people things, to understand what they're looking for. I have an MBA in finance and a lot of that analysis sometimes is what people want to feel comfortable. You know, just like when we started talking, Alex, I said, Miami's winning, Miami's hot, Miami's, you know, whatever. But what does that mean? Right. So saying that we're 4.6 million people today versus 2.8 million people 10 years ago, that kind of tells you the buy pressure, right? There's all those people that moved here. And if you're only, you know, building part of that every year, prices have to go up. Right. And, and so that's something that I can help put into terms that I think help most people get it, you know, uh, feel comfortable. Yeah. Brian, um, move your head. Yeah. Talk a little bit further. You sound better. Talk, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Right there. You sound, you sound a lot clearer. Good. Yeah. You sound good there. If, yeah. you, if you get too close, I know you want to hear me, but <laughs> if you get too close, I always want to hear you, Alex. Yeah. But if you get too close, you get muffled. Oh, do I? Yeah. There you sound better. Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. So, hello. All right. So, I'm going to talk to you like this. Yeah. You know, exactly. I'm editing all this out, so don't worry. Um, all right. Continue to say what you were saying. Do you remember where you were? Um, just, just the fact that uh, having an MBA and using some of the numbers to support some of the things that I say, right? Like, if I say that Miami is winning, Miami's hot. 
what does that, what does that mean? You know, people don't want to be sold. They want to feel comfortable that there's something behind that. So then presenting them with the numbers, like at the beginning of the conversation, how I said there's 4.6 million people today versus 2.8 million people in Miami-Dade County 10 years ago. You can see that increase in number of people demanding real estate, both rental and purchase. That's the reason that prices are up. That's the reason why there's support for prices to stay up. So when I can say, hey, don't be afraid, you should be a buyer. I'm not trying to sell you. I can actually demonstrate through numbers. You know what I mean? And not every agent has that. Some agents are just pound, 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 sell, 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 you know? I really try to get in there and understand what you are looking for and what it is that you need to feel comfortable to make that, to pull the trigger on that transaction, whether you're buying or selling. Yeah. And that's very important to have a real estate agent that really cares and um, that understands what, you know, what is, what, what could happen in the future if you get the wrong purchase and you can't afford it and you're looking out for them. And that, that's very important because mostly realtors just want to close get their, get their, you know, whatever mo money they're making on it and commission, right? And, and then move on. Uh, but it's important that you care. Good karma, Brian. There you go. <laughs> um, so if you cannot have Brian Carter as your real estate agent, which is unfortunate, what, what do they look for in a real estate agent? Well, you know, anybody can contact me and I'm happy to hear them out for what their goals are. And if it's not my area or I can't help them, I can at least help guide them, you know, you know, and let's say that doesn't happen and they're looking at buying in a specific community. Try to find agents who actually sell that community on a regular basis so you can learn the ins and outs of that community. Um, not all communities are for you, you know, um, I would say before even contacting a realtor, it's important that you work. If you're not paying cash, work with your mortgage broker. You know, like, okay, you might have a relationship with your bank. You go to your bank and your bank offers what the bank offers. But I would definitely, in addition to speaking to your bank, find a mortgage broker that you can trust and who can run a bunch of scenarios for you to see like what's going to work, what you can afford on a monthly basis, what you can afford with cash down. Um, and if there's ways to even save more money by improving your credit first, because anybody can search on Zillow and realtor.com and get a feel for the properties that are in their price range. And then in speaking to me or in selecting another realtor, they'll gain enough knowledge by that online research to understand whether or not a realtor is speaking to them with wisdom or with the motivation of just getting a transaction done. Um, life is hard enough without making one of the top five stressors in a person's life, which is buying and selling real estate, even more stressful. Brian, tell me, where can people reach you? Um, like, follow me on Instagram, uh, Brian underscore Carter underscore realtor, Brian with an I. Um, and, uh, you can find me through, uh, the residential website, carterhernandez.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Who's your number one tits up agent? <laughs> <laughs> we want to know. <laughs> uh, we should all have more than one. <laughs> all right, Brian, one more thing. Don't, Don't fall off, off the pod. pod. 
For more on the pod, you can go to podwithme.com. Now you can be part of the conversation by leaving comments. And there's a section for those who love to be a guest on the show. And you can also listen to the pod on any podcast app. This is Alex J. Aguiar. And until next time, don't fall off the pod. Ready.